You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. It's Wednesday, 14 February. UK inflation today, 9 a.m. expected 4.2% versus 4% Reese previously. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, I'd want to make a shoot to Trevor SA. We buy cars listing. Uh, details coming through yesterday as their value unlock. And US inflation, a mixed bag, but the short answer, not as good as, I'm going to say expected, maybe hoped is the better word. Craig Newborn from Just Pay Now Retail Trends uh, that they're seeing via their on our pay later system uh, and then Tenda Jangara she is from Cliff Decker Hofmeyer companies using digital forensics to help combat and prosecute fraud and corruption because of course every instance of corruption there's two parties to it the show is brought to you by Stanlib visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider morning headlines for MoneyWeb is Discovery Vitality Worth It they crunched the numbers. Results may surprise. Business Day, Suntam tells shareholders to expect a bumper profit. Short-term insurer expects to report double-digit annual profit growth. Morning markets, US was red. It did not like the CPR data. S&P off 1.4%. NASDAQ down 1.6%. Over in the east, it is mixed. We've got uh, Sydney down a quarter of a percent. Sorry, up a quarter of a percent. Tokyo down 0.8%. Hong Kong off a tenth of a percent and ten cent up a third of a percent. Commodities mostly red. Gold two thousand and five. Uh, Brent is the green at eighty two sixty four. Platinum eight eighty. Palladium eight sixty one. Rand nine nineteen eleven. Bitcoin forty nine thousand six hundred. Top forty looking for a red open. About two hundred and forty points to the downside. That is a third of a percent. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Training now with Odwe Medwin, True Thrive South Africa. Odwe, appreciate the early morning. The We Buy Cars listing, we saw Transaction Capital, I think it was two weeks ago, say it was they were going to unbundle. We got a lot more details yesterday, uh, including the fact that they would do some capital injection slash raising for the We Buy Cars listing. Certainly, they make the the, 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 the very clear claim in the, in the announcement that they say that there is a 30-odd, 40% discount uh, to the current and share price. Do you buy that? Do you see uh, a good value unlock when we buy cars comes to the market, probably late next month? Mm. Uh, morning, Simon. Uh, I mean, given the, the statements given yesterday, and I think in, to supplement just, you know, the, the, the announcement that they're going to unbundle, they also then gave us a nice trade update. Mm. Now, looking at that business uh, and what how the growth has been over the past four months, uh, I, you know, value does seem to be creeping in there. Uh, they've got nice, uh, strong revenue growth, uh, 16%. Core earnings up by 20%. So, I mean, it does look like over uh, as a long-term play or the, the business itself does uh, show some value that they're bringing. And then, obviously, uh, the... the the funds that they're going to be getting the 
two five or around that mark billion that they're looking to raise as well as they list this business i think is going to be beneficial for the company as a whole yeah you take the point that was what did surprise me as i say first half was tough but second half has looked a lot better in the second hand market i suspect we just can't afford new cars um u.s Mm. inflation a a mixed bag uh not as good as expected we saw core at 3.9 unchanged but the market was looking 3.7 month on month Mm. was 0.3 instead of 0.2 general cpi 3.1 down but the market wanted 2.9 generally my sense from this is the market didn't like it and this really does say anyone still thinking there was a march rate cut is uh delusional a hundred percent. I think it's it's too quick to 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 look. I mean, there's no definitely no March uh, rate cuts, and also I, it, even the May or June. I think it's it's got to be too is wishful thinking. Um, I, I think the market's just reacting to. Uh, I mean, they were wishful in in hoping for a two point nine um, CPI number to to come out and. It, this is just bringing reality to the market that inflation is sticky um, and the interest rates would have to then look at staying higher for longer. Yeah, and I think you're right. So there's that meeting at the end of May, end of, end of April, 1st of May. Even that seems to be off the, the table. A quick one, multi-choice trading almost 105. It was 103 and some change yesterday. Um, of course, two weeks ago, we got the offer of 105 from Canal Plus. Then the board rejected it. The market is saying they're going to come back with a better offer. Mm. Uh, I um, uh Multi-choice, I think they're just trying to to get as much money as they can. To, <laughs> you know, that's why they 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 keep pushing back that. And the better offer would obviously then give them uh, a great exit. And that seems to be the play. And it seems like the Cornell is biting. Yeah, they, they, they certainly do seem to be biting. Uh, we'll see what it comes out. Um, maybe we can get 120, 130. Although I think a lot of folks took the money at 90-odd, and they may be going to be a little bit upset. Uh, I'm going to try South Africa. Appreciate the early morning time. And that's our poll today. LinkedIn and Twitter is around that transaction capital. Are you buying the story about a value unlock in that listing? Is that a, a stock you're looking forward to when it comes to the market? Probably in about six weeks' time. Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. If seagulls were hardy-dars who could afford to retire to the coast, what kind of bird would you be? Would you soar over the savannah or chase summer around the globe? You see, even when you stop working, your money won't. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stan Lib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Craig Newborn. He's CEO at Just Pay Now. Craig, appreciate the time today. Looking at some sort of retail trends, it's tough out there for the consumer. But one of the trends that you're noticing is that we are seeing a move back to traditional brick and mortar stores as we kind of, I suppose, the pre-pandemic shopping trends are returning and we're maybe moving a little offline. Yeah, good morning, Simon. At Pay Just Now, we are seeing the pre-COVID trends absolutely stepping back in line. And we've noticed that over the last two months, you know, the back pool actually came early in December. And in January, people then slowly moved back into the, as I said, pre-COVID trends. Mm. And interestingly, we've noted in February that small appliances are doing incredibly well. And I think that's related to the levels of load shedding that we are seeing today. So 
things like microwaves, interestingly, are doing incredibly well. <laughs> Sadly, they might be getting fried by that load shedding, which might be the issue. You also say that your data seems to suggest that deals aligned to sort of salary payments and bonuses are doing better perhaps than a Valentine's Day or a Black Friday. In other words, we are constrained as a consumer. We haven't got cash to spend on random dates in the middle of February. Absolutely. So what we are noticing is that the spend in months is, is being stacked quite heavily towards when people are actually able to make that payment. You know, in the buy now, pay later world, you are required to pay a first third in our model on the day of the purchase. And we're noting that people are only spending that on their salary date or near their salary date. And that is driving the behavior to align their balance of payments for when they actually have money in their account and not have a payment come off in the middle of the month where most of South African consumers do not have money available for that. So yes, spend is definitely moving away from wants to needs and definitely aligned to when people actually have money in their accounts versus having a credit card, which you can just tap at any point in the month where we're noting a significant change there. Yeah, and I take the point. The trick with credit cards is at some point they get maxed out. They're also expensive in terms of the interest. The buy now, pay later. How big has that got to in South Africa? I mean, it's, it's a relatively new concept globally, and it's even perhaps a little newer locally. Absolutely. So we're gaining quite significant traction in the buy now, pay later space in South Africa. It is a multi-billion rand annualized business at this mm-hmm. stage, you know, across the industry. And we are noting that we're still experiencing extremely high levels of growth at Pages now. We are in excess of 100% on the previous year in terms of growth. And, you know, when you're trying to grow a 1 billion rand business to a 2 billion rand <laughs> business in a year, you know, but, but that's actually sort of the trajectory that we are growing at at this point. So, you know, it's not growing 1 rand to 2, it's growing 1 billion to 2. Quite significant. And actually, how much is it, I mean, in your sense, maybe this is a hard question to answer, convenience versus a consumer under pressure and sort of using it because of its convenience rather than perhaps using it because they simply otherwise can't afford? Yeah, I think it's a very interesting question. And what we are noting, there is definitely two types of customers out there at the moment. There's definitely the customer who needs the item and needs to split it. And they are making the decision to use buy now pay later based on that i need this item right now and we see that they typically take longer to make their second purchase with us and i think that's directly related to affordability and obviously us being highly responsible and us not charging any interest or fees so what you see is what you get in terms of the pricing and then there is definitely the customer who uses it from a convenience perspective you no longer need to have your card your credit card or your debit card with Mm -hmm. you when you are transacting. And that makes the online and in-store checkout process significantly simpler, quicker, and the purchases align to your cash flow, which is is obviously the great benefit for buy now, pay later for the consumer. Are you seeing a split between the different age demographics? I mean, are we seeing, and again, maybe I'm just, it's my old bias here, but you know, the younger adapting to it perhaps quicker and easier than older folks. So that's the interesting part, actually. We've actually seen the opposite. When we launched this business four years ago, we had a very young market entering the credit market. We are able to judge affordability on consumers that don't necessarily have a credit profile, the bureau, etc. So we saw a very young customer coming through. 
Interestingly now, and due to the depth, obviously, of our merchant base, you know, you can use this at over 8,000 places. There is a point where every single customer needs to split their purchase. And for me, that's a set of tires for my car. Buy mm-hmm. a tiger wheel on tire as an example, right? And no one wants to take out 12 grand for a set of tires for their car. But, you know, three payments of 4,000 rands sounds substantially better. And they align better to my cash flow. And the tires last for, you know, a couple of years. Yeah. So that works for me. So what we're seeing is that our customer is actually getting slightly older because of that penetration and understanding that, hey, I can actually use this to buy my new MacBook Apple mm. product for work. I can use it for those slightly bigger purchases that I historically would have actually had to finance using credit. And I take your point, and it's around managing that cash flow for the individual. We'll leave it there. That's uh, Craig Newborn, CEO, Pagist. Now, appreciate the time. Your money knows that reaching new heights means turbulence. But what if you don't have to feel it? Our partnership with J.P. Morgan Asset Management gives you access to a broad range of global strategies. So when you invest in Stanlib's Global Multi-Strategy Diversified Growth Fund, your money can withstand the ups and downs caused by market fluctuations. Seek more returns at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on The Money. I'm chatting with Tendai Angari, Director in the Corporate and White Collar Investigations at Cliff Decker Hofmeyer. Tendai, I appreciate the time. In the State of the Nation address last week, the President spoke around money laundering and fraud in relation to us getting off the grey listing. But I think he made an important point. He named some of the corporates involved because, of course, when crime is happening, there's two parties. And sometimes that party is a corporate company, sometimes a well-known company. And he made a fair deal of that, which I got to say, I think is fair game. Absolutely. So very often when we think about corruption and any kind of malfeasance that involves money, we think about the public sector, but it's happening in the private sector. Very mm-hmm. often what happens, it's brushed under the carpet because of reputational risk. So you'll find that companies don't want this information coming out. But it is a good step to now name companies so that we can look at corporates and know that it is happening and we address it as well because it has an impact on our overall financial wellness. And as you said, grey listing is one of those things that we see an impact on South Africa. And from that is digital forensic, corporate forensics. What sort of role is that playing? Is that sort of an internal sort of role? Is that experts such as yourselves or or would that be the National Prosecuting Authority or perhaps all of the above? So what we're seeing now is that corporates are taking the issues of fraud and corruption seriously. There are corporate forensic teams that you find housed in many companies now. So instead of waiting for information to get out and have your public investigators come in, what corporates are doing is now heading up their own investigations for matters that involve their companies. But Mm -hmm. we see a synergy happening with the public sector. So your investigative directorate, for example, SIU, we see a working together between private sector, public sector to investigate matters. So on an internal perspective with the corporates, they want to deal with issues. They want to make sure that if there's been any wrongdoing, it's investigated fully. And then they want to make sure that they've handed any criminal issues over to the right bodies to deal with it on that level.
And I'm imagining that using this digital evidence, it must enhance the process, the investigation, the accuracy, and, and ultimately the outcome, simply because digital is so much realer than a, a he said, she said, or perhaps a document that could be, you know, forged. Absolutely. So we find that, you know, in transmission of finances through systems, very often we see our technology being used for crime. So mm -hmm. we need to have that same level, if not an even better level of investigating matters. And you're absolutely correct. When it comes to the evidence that we want to gather to make sure that we have successful prosecution, we need to have that hard evidence. We can't rely on witnesses. We can't rely just on documents or on what people have seen or what they say. We need evidence that's going to stand up in a court of law if the matters go that far and is going to take us through to full prosecution. So that's where we see the advantage of digital evidence, following trails of money. And we're also looking not just within South Africa, because we live in a global sphere now, very often we find that our crimes are multi-jurisdictional. So it's not always possible just to look at people and try and get witnesses. We need to follow evidences. We need to follow follow the money, see where it's gone across the globe. We see it moving in real time faster very often than people can investigate. So that's the advantage of digital forensics, being able to work much faster than you would do just dealing with normal human beings. I hadn't thought of that, of course, just the speed of it and, and the global nature of it and its, its ease of being global. What sort of obstacles are corporates finding? I mean, the technology is undoubtedly there. I can't imagine that there isn't a will by the corporates to engage in this. I mean, are they finding obstacles or is it, is it working fairly efficiently? So it works, but it's very expensive. So on mm. the one hand, finding digital forensics experts is something that's very difficult. And this is globally. Highly specialized skills are required. Very expensive tools are also needed to run the processes. So you'll find that there are very few people who have the expertise, one, as digital forensics experts, but two, as experts who know how to collect evidence in a manner that's going to be admissible. So those are the challenges that very often that we find. So corporates definitely have the will, but it is financial outlay. It's a decision that has to be made. And then it's something that you would need to see through. So when it comes to jurisdictional issues, for example, you can very well follow the money to another jurisdiction. But as a corporate, then has to be the ability to see that process through, which means working with the authorities in different jurisdictions. So those can be the challenges that come, even though there's a will to actually follow through on, you know, using the digital expertise that are available. Yeah, and I especially take your point on finding the skills. It's one thing to find somebody who has the skills, but in the legal sense, they need a, an extra layer of skills that can add complexity. We'll leave it there. Tendia Gungawa, Director, Corporate and White Collar Investigations, Cliff Decker, Hofmeyer, appreciate the time. MoneyWeb at Midday is South Africa's fastest-paced audio news and current affairs show. Give me 30 minutes and I'll give you the country and the world. This is what you missed. Jeremy, if you take a very long-term view, you know, and you compare South Africa today to 30 years ago, on many fronts, the country is in infinitely better place. We don't live in that country that used to exist, particularly from a perspective of political participation and civil liberties. Live at noon weekdays and then up as a podcast on moneyweb.co.za. Moneyweb at Midday with me, Jeremy Max, when you need relevant news quickly in your own time. <laughs> 
Trading with uh, Kieran Whitney yesterday from Anchor around that Tesla. It was trading, it, it, it's some 50% off the 2021 highs, although, let's be clear, it's also rallied quite nicely off the, 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 the 2022 lows. But it's not the, the Magnificent 7 that perhaps it, 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 it used to be, and perhaps it's now Magnificent 6. We asked you if you hold Tesla. Two-thirds said no. A quarter said yes, great tech. The rest of you preferred ICE, internal combustion engine investments. Have your say, have your vote, LinkedIn and Twitter. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website's in the app, 6.30am podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobochle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their time. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. If you're loving the show, please leave us an excellent rating in your podcatcher of choice. And we'll chat again tomorrow, Pan-African results. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.